Welcome to Skull Stories, presented by CenturyLink, trusted technology partner of the Minnesota Vikings. Tonight, Pete and I are talking to former Purple People leader and Hall of Famer, retired Minnesota Supreme Court Justice, Alan Page. Well, Pete, first, as we launch into our Skull Stories, we will hear from Justice Alan Page in a minute here, just to kind of recap. Uh, unfortunately, Game 2 wasn't much better than Game 1. Uh, the same script, the Vikings offense just can't get on the field and stay on the field. And uh, the defensive issues continue to, uh, to be heightened by uh, and the inability to stop the run in particular. Yeah, and, and, and you know, it was nice to see um, uh, Eric Wilson get that interception you know, caused by Harrison Smith. So, you know, you're getting some turnovers. You're, you're keeping the Colts to field goal attempts. Um, that game you know, with all the possessions, it really, really could have been a blowout. But I, I think that what we're seeing is you're just not seeing the three phases of of the team playing together. You know, you get, you know, the defense gets an interception, the offense goes three and out, then you punt, um, bad punt, decent return, and then defense has to go out from their own 36 yard line. I mean, the three your three phases of your game need to complement each other. And you know, right now. Um, you know, opening series, it's all about the offense after that. It's just they're just not all firing on all cylinders and they're just not playing as, a, as an entire unit yet. So uh, I think there's a lot of room for improvement. Well, if we could turn back the clock, one guy I would think about uh, that I would put in the middle at defensive line, number 88, one of the greatest who ever played the game in Canton, Ohio. He's in the Hall of Fame and, of course, is Minnesota Supreme Court Justice, Justice Alan Page. And we had a chance to sit down and, and chat with Alan. Mark Rosen, along with Pete Bursich, and Pete, it is uh, my honor to introduce his honor, Justice Alan Page, uh, with a, a big week, Alan. It's, uh, I know I've been a part of this for many, many years, and it's a thrill to, uh, to have this conversation with you about the Page Education Foundation. Uh, 33rd, I can't believe the 33rd annual gala, and this was a different one, of course, because you had to do it virtually, but still an amazing organization, something that's so near and dear to your heart. Well, it is near and dear to my heart, and we're happy that you've been able to be a part of it in the past and, you know, into the future. Well, tell us about what made this uh, different and what the goals continue to be uh, for the foundation. Well, what makes this different is, as we all know, we're in a a world that is um, different, to say the least. And with the restrictions placed on us by the pandemic. Uh, We've had to go to a virtual event, something that um, we're sort of, we've sort of learned how to do. And um, as far as what, where we're going, what we're doing in terms of the foundation, our goal remains the same as it did the day we started. Mm-hmm. And that is to change the future for young men and women of color here in Minnesota. Alan, when you talk about the numbers of, of kids that have been that uh, you've influenced and the Page Scholars who've gone on uh, to become mentors themselves in so many ways, can you kind of capsulize how that process has, has gone? Well, you know, the first year we had 10 Page Scholars. This year we have, I think it's 567 Mm-hmm. And over the ensuing years, we're just shy of 8,000 young wow. men and women who have gone on to become contributing members of our community in big and small ways, in, in all the ways that you would hope 
that everyone does. Our scholars have, um, you know, they've made contributions which uh, we can all be proud of. And certainly as part of the foundation, I'm more than a little proud. I should, I should just note that <laughs> our, our most recent um, exciting event for one of our scholars is the new principal at Justice Page Middle School, mm -hmm. Shannon Tinner is a former Page Scholar. Unbelievable. Yeah, I was going to say, and Justice Page, that's that's amazing uh, to see the investment in the future and then to see those people pay it back. So, uh, But just to let the listeners know, uh, your scholars are college age. They're going into college. They're Are they in high school? What age are the scholarship winners? Young men and women of color from Minnesota going to Minnesota schools. They're primarily uh, recent high school graduates, but we do take some people who are already in school. We provide them some financial assistance, but more importantly, we require our scholars, we call them paid scholars, we require them to work with young children, kindergarten through eighth grade, specifically in the area of education as tutors, mentors, and role models. The fact is that we talk about athletes and entertainers and politicians as heroes and role models. The reality is that we're influenced by those we can reach out and touch. And so for our paid scholars to be able to work with uh, kids in schools and other programs, specifically in the area of education, um, we change not only our scholars' lives, but we change the lives of those people they touch. Alan, you've always talked about uh, critical thinking as being a big uh, hallmark of what your purpose is. And how, beyond the actual education, the uh, A through Z sort of stuff, uh, in, in terms of uh, the confusion maybe some kids have today about where they, where they fit in and, and social unrest that's going on. And the mentor, how important is that the mentor uh, involved in that, those conversations many times that, that they, haven't, they don't get anywhere else? Having... having someone involved in your life who can who you can talk to who you can express your fears and your mm -hmm. hopes and uh, talk about how you can overcome your fears and achieve your hopes and dreams is critically important one of the things that i saw as you know my time on the court we had a lot of young men and women of, from all over Minnesota, from urban, uh, rural, and suburban areas who got into trouble with the law. For most of those kids, for most of those young people, the issue was not a lack of a moral compass. It was simply having no hope. And one of the things that education does in teaching you to think critically is it creates that hope for a better future. And Justice Page, your 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 work and what you're trying to do for the future is usually reflective of the past. So who in your life taught you these lessons? Who was instrumental in the man making of the man that you are today? I found that, you know, I, I, I talk about we are influenced by those we can reach out and touch. For me it was parents and family. And um, we think that for our scholars, 
who are working with young children, they can be somebody that those young kids can look up to, who can influence them. Somebody who's using education as a tool to achieve their hopes and dreams. And that young person, those children, uh, can see what the future can be for them. And again, it, it's, it's really all about hope. Alan, as a, a big part of your foundation, uh, in coordination with that is the launch of your latest children's book uh, with, with your daughter, Cammie. Be, and love, th- be love can be hard. <laughs> there it is. There it is. Uh, and for our radio, our late radio listeners, uh, will this be available uh, tell us more about it as a, as a as a book as a book author again because I know it's really uh, means a lot to you. This is this is book four. <laughs> um, it's available now on the foundation's website, page edorg mm-hmm. and um, it's a wonderful story about a young boy who is out playing soccer and the bees come around and he gets frightened runs to his grandpa and his grandpa has to settle him down and they go visit a bee farm and the, the young boy is skeptical to say the least about visit, visiting a bee farm but they go and visit and in the end uh, he learns that bees are really important to all of us to our survival as a species because they're Powerful pollinators. Yes, they are. And he he learns that um, he learn he learns you know it's it, it's it's a story about bees, but it's a story about overcoming fears. And one of the ways we do that is become more familiar with what it is we're afraid of. And so, yeah. this, as I say, this is book four. We, Cammy and I, had a fun time writing it, and um, we love for people to pick up a copy all the proceeds and when i say all i mean all of the proceeds from the book go directly to the foundation and they can get that online correct they can get it online page-ed.org wonderful catch all the excitement of minnesota vikings football this season with miller light at a game day watch bar These team-approved locations are specifically set up for viewing every minute of Vikings football during the 2020 season. Visit vikings.com slash watchbars for locations. We'll be right back in a moment with more Skull Stories right after this. Don't miss your chance to virtually meet fan-favorite football heroes all season. CenturyLink has teamed up with your Minnesota Vikings for the Legends Connection Meet and Greet Sweepstakes. To enter, visit vikings.com slash promotions. And now let's get back to more Skull Stories with Justice Alan Page. Alan, I've had the uh, uh, privilege of uh, hosting a number of Viking reunions and way beyond any games, uh, I've been so impressed with the bond that you established with so many of your teammates who remain very close to you. And I know a lot of Viking fans have such fond memories who are old enough to remember those days as well. And uh, it's, it's unusual because it, it probably doesn't exist as much today, but you could speak to that a little bit and what, what those influences were, whether it's a Jim Marshall, 
to, to a, you know, a Bobby Bryant. I mean, I remember you guys representing the union at Mankato, standing outside with a picket line. <laughs> that was a long time ago, but uh, you were there fighting for NFL rights even back in the 70s. You know, w- one of the things I've learned over all this time is, you know, football was great, loved playing. At the end of the day, it's about people and relationships. And... Um, Jim Marshall, Carl Weller, Charlie West, uh, mm. Gene Washington, Bobby Bryant, all those guys uh, who taught me how to be a football player, particularly Jim and Carl and Gary Larson, Paul Dixon. Um, those are those people have a special place in my in my life because they're a significant part of who I am as a person. It's fascinating and. Uh, that bond has always been there, it seems like. And I don't know if that happens today because players move around a lot more. At the same time, I mentioned uh, you establishing sort of, you know, wanting to be a part of the union. Uh, how important was that for you to be a part of it and to, to say that we have our rights as players too? Well, if you recall back in the 70s, um, the late 60s, early 70s, uh, there was turmoil in the country with uh, Vietnam War protests Mm -hmm. and the civil rights movement. Um, And, you know, justice, equality, and fairness, that's something that no matter when it is, is important to fight for. And at the time, um, we as players thought that we were being treated unfairly. And, uh, you know, when that happens, you have to stand up. You have to stand up for not only your rights, but for what is right. It was important for those of us back then to lay the foundation, which allows today's players to uh, have the freedom of movement that they have. Uh, Justice Page, when when you talk about, um, you know, standing up and, you, you know, you have to stand up, you have to make yourself heard. Um, how do you how do you tell the kids people the kids that are in, in the foundation or kids today how do they go about doing that? Well, first you have to have something you believe in and believe in passionately, and then um, I would suggest that once you establish what that is, you figure out what power you have. What are the things that you can do to bring about change so that you can achieve whatever it is your goal may be? And then um, set about a methodical course to bring those uh, goals, those objectives into reality. Just, you know, standing up and Complaining isn't enough. Mm-hmm. You have to actually take mm-hmm. concrete steps. You have to develop a plan. You have to be organized. You have to think mm-hmm. through what it is you want to accomplish and what's the best way to do that. So, uh, Justice Page, let's talk a little bit about um, about the game itself. I mean, you know, we're, we're, the NFL's back. They're playing. You have seen so many changes in this game over the years. Um 
just yeah, what are your thoughts? If you've been, I know you're a busy man, and you probably don't have a chance to to sit down and watch a bunch of games on Sundays and Monday nights and whatnot. But uh, when you watch football now, what are your impressions? I'm, quite frankly, I'm always amazed at the technology that's gone into <laughs> producing and showing the games. Uh, <laughs> they, they come up with some pretty fancy uh, views of what's going on on the field. And so that's, that's kind of uh, interesting to watch. You know, I've never been one to s- sort of just watch the game for the game's sake. I mean, when I watch football, I'm, I'm probably the worst fan ever. <laughs> <laughs> the question is, who's got the ball and where is it, right? Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, for me, it's sort of basic. Yeah. And the rest of it is fine, but um, how do you either advance the ball or uh, stop it from advancing? As, as I learned early on in my days at Notre Dame, uh, the first days of Eric Parsege and when he came in and talked about the philosophy of football and how the, the game is really very simple. It's about field position and possession. And um, so I kind of look at, okay, here's the field position. Who's got the possession of the ball? How are they either going to advance it or stop them from advancing it? I think back to those days at Met Stadium uh, very fondly and also very uh, uh, many times very cold. Very, Uh, very very cold. Very cold. If you could speak a little about your relation, you mentioned Jim Marshall, and I I, I love the man with all my heart, and I, I, I can't imagine your life being as fulfilling without having Jim Marshall in it. Not from necessarily from a football standpoint, but talk about the ultimate survivor. What was it about what is it about Jim that influenced you the most? Let me let me let me just tell you. Um, I was drafted in nineteen sixty seven number one draft choice as a defensive end, potentially to replace either Jim or Carl. And who was the first person to take me under their wing to teach me what it is to be a football player, to be a professional football player, but Jim Marshall. (laughs) That's the kind of person he is. That's the kind of, you talk about a survivor. He, you know, at, at risk to his own employment was the kind of person who was confident enough in himself and, a a strong enough person that he could help me be a better football player at the risk of his own future. And for me, somebody who would do that, they will always have a special place in my heart. You remember the time I showed up at your house and told uh, your lovely wife, Diane, that you'd been traded to the Chicago bears. I, we still have pictures of it. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) He was not pleased. No, 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 she was not. <laughs> you know, things work out, and that worked out just fine. As we wind things down here, Alan, uh, let's uh, let's talk about that book one more time. Let people know where they can get it. Be Love Can Be Hard, page-ed.org. And if you can't remember that, Google Alan Page, and it will – the. Page Foundation will be one of the first things up there. And just go to our website and you'll find the book. Alan, can't thank you enough. Uh, congratulations on another successful Page Education Foundation event. And always look forward to chatting with you in the future. 
Well, thank you. Thank you for having me and thank you for your support and the support of the Minnesota Vikings all these years. Inspiring words, as always, from Supreme Court Justice Alan Page, both from a football standpoint and just life in general, Pete. Uh, a remarkable person that's been in our our world here in Minnesota for all these years. Yeah, and you know what's 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 great about Alan Page, um, and I've had you know the fortune of getting a chance to talk to him a few times or many times at different events. Is he's he, he always always emphasizes, or when you come away from him, you realize there's a lot more to life than just football. And here's a guy who in the Hall of Fame, uh, you know, that's where the gods, the football gods, go to live forever, to be enshrined. And and when you come away from talking to Alan, you know he's not about football. You know that that doesn't define him, that there's so much more to him. And I think that's so motivational, and it's so good for kids to see um, that you, you, you don't have to let life define you, you define it. And kudos to his late wife, Diane, who has much to do with the Page Education Foundation. His uh, his bright, shining star all these years, uh, uh, losing her those last few years, was really, really tough for Alan and all of us who were uh, graced by her presence all the time. Uh, no easy way. Let's segue to talk about what's going to happen uh, this Sunday back at U.S. Bank Stadium against the Tennessee Titans. And all I can think about is Derrick Henry, Derrick Henry, handle the ball Derrick Henry. Can this defense rise to the occasion and get them off the field at Ryan Tannehill? and get the Vikings offense, not just in gear for the first drive, but for four quarters. Yeah, obviously, and you have a very, very good football team uh, You know, coming into town, Jadavion Clowney, a D-line, you have Vic Beasley, he'll probably be back. But uh, the guy who surprised me is Tannehill, and Tannehill is playing very, very well. Uh, you know, they know everybody's watching the running back and trying to stop the running back, and they're capitalizing on it. They're they're using play action, and his timing is so good, very accurate in his throws. Um, and even with a lot of injuries, they beat what you know a pretty good Jacksonville football team last week. So um, our work is cut. It, it's not getting any easier. Let's just put it that way, Rosie. That is for sure. The Vikings in Tennessee Sunday at U.S. Bank Stadium. It's always inspiring when you get a chance to sit down, of course, and talk with Justice Allen Page, Pete. Thanks once again for another great week. And thank you, fans, for tuning in to another episode of Skull Stories presented by CenturyLink, trusted technology partner of the Minnesota Vikings. We'll see you all again next week.